welcome back to the Entertainment Goes Pop podcast, where all things entertainment cross over with all things pop culture, meaning all topics are fair discussion, including TV, movies, music, sports, video games. All of it is discussed on this podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, I've got the week of Big Brother 23, an announced crossover event for the Flash and the Arrowverse. It's going to be something very cool coming up. The 30th anniversary of the Super Nintendo. The How I Met Your Father cast has been announced. NBA Top Shot, a LeBron James moment sold for how much money? You'll find out on this week's episode of the podcast. Let's get into some random topics here to start the podcast. Big news in the Arrowverse world is we have another crossover event that is going to be coming soon. It's going to be happening with Season 8 of The Flash. That is how Season 8 of The Flash is going to open up for the new season with a crossover five-part Armageddon event. So that will be starting in November. It is going to be November 16th is when that is going to kick off with Season 8 of The Flash. This is interesting because the CW has really downplayed the possibility of another crossover event. So very surprised to hear that they were going to do this. And it kind of made me wonder if... because. I'm going to admit the Arrowverse is getting kind of stale. And the reason I say that's because, you know, Arrow's ended, Supergirl's getting ready to end. I don't feel like the Flash has been the same since the Crisis crossover. And I don't know, I've yet to really figure out why because for me I felt like with Crisis that the Flash was building up to this big moment in Crisis for that character and that series. And then when Arrow, when they announced that that show was going to end, it felt like things kind of changed a little bit to where the focus was more on Arrow than it was on the Flash. So, I mean, I don't know if you know, storylines changed or anything like that. I haven't heard like the behind the scenes of Crisis as far as kind of how they wrote that. But I just have never felt like The Flash has been the same for like the last season and a half or so. I just, I haven't been real crazy about like the last two big bads, you know, but I just, I feel like The Flash hasn't, just been up to par since crisis happened and i'm not really sure why so this would be something really good to spark season eight of the flash and it's also going to be a crossover event which is always very popular and there's some really awesome things in here that we're going to have so Let's talk about some of the actors and characters that we're going to be seeing come back to take part in this crossover. So we're going to have Javicia Leslie, who plays Batwoman. She's going to be involved in this. Brandon Routh returning as the Atom. That's going to be really cool because we also 
you know, we've seen his exit from Legends, so this is going to be awesome that uh, he's going to be able to return and, you know, bring that character back to our TV screen. So that's going to be very cool. Chris Williams, Black Lightning, going to be a part of this. Kyler Lee returning. So she will be back on this coming right off of the final season of Supergirl. So that is going to be very cool. We're going to have Osric Chow, who's going as Ryan Chow. Also involved is going to be Tom Cavanaugh and Neil McDonough, who are going to be in this as well. Here comes the name that I am very pumped for. Catherine McNamara returning as Mia Smoke. That's very cool. I'm very pumped for Mia to be back on my TV screen because, again, I really wanted... I've spoke about this endless amounts of times on this podcast that I desperately wanted that spinoff of Arrow with Mia and the Canaries. It was, oh, it was going to be so cool. I just, I love the pilot episode that they did for that during the final season of Arrow to where it, they basically had the one episode where it was just straight up pilot to where this is what that show would be if we can get this thing to roll. And then, of course, they didn't pick it up, which was extremely disappointing. And it would have been really great to add Arrow, you know, in some form back to the Arrowverse. So the fact that Cat McNamara is returning as Mia, I am so pumped for that. And that's going to be really awesome for this crossover um, one extra thing, you know, because I, I just love that character so much and love her in that role, uh, Galaxy Con, if, uh, if you're familiar with any of like the virtual conventions and stuff that are going on, uh, Galaxy Con is going to be doing a signing with her. I believe it's on September 11th. I think that's when it's going to be. She's, uh, it's with another Another show, not part of Arrow, but she's going to be... They've got different things that you can sign. And I looked in there, and she's going to have some of her Arrow stuff in there to where you can get some Arrow things signed, or some of the other shows that she's been in. So pick your fandom with her. You know, pick whichever fandom of hers that you are into and get her to sign it. I think I'm going to jump in because I've said for a while, you know, because I'm just such a fan of that character and her in that role that I just thought, man, I would love to get something signed for her if she ever did like a convention or anything like that. And so when I saw this, I thought, man, I think I'm going to have to do that. So I'm probably going to jump in that Galaxy Con uh, signing to get her to sign it. You could do uh, personalized. It's also personalized if you want that option. So very cool. Yeah, I think I want that because I really would love to have something signed from her in her arrow gear. I think that would be just super cool. So I'm definitely going to jump into that. As far as the crossover, uh, the Flash EP, Eric Wallace, this is what he had to say about the crossover. Simply put, these are going to be some of the most emotional Flash episodes ever. Plus, there are some truly epic moments and huge surprises that await our fans. And we're, we're doing them on a scale that's bigger and bolder 
than our traditional Flash episodes, so yes, Armageddon is a lot more than just another graphic novel storyline. It's going to be a true event for Flash and Arrowverse fans, old and new. So this is going to be really awesome. This is hopefully going to be something that sparks the Flash into Season 8. Going to love seeing all these characters coming back. Again, it's going to be November 16th is going to be when Season 8 of The Flash starts up on the CW. And that will be with the Armageddon crossover event. So something to really look forward to there. How I Met Your Father, the cast of this show, has been announced. This is, of course, the reboot, spinoff, whatever you want to call it, of How I Met Your Mother. This is being one of the producers of the show is Hilary Duff. She's heavily involved in this. She's, of course, playing the lead role of Sophie. So here is the cast that they have released for this series. Of course, we got Hilary Duff, as I mentioned. Chris Lowell. Veronica Mars, of course, played Piz on Veronica Mars. I'm very pumped to see him in this. He's going to play Jesse, who is an aspiring musician who works as an Uber driver. That's the description that they've got on him. Francia Raizi is going to play Valentina, who is Sophie's roommate and friend. She is also an aspiring stylist. And the story on her is that she has just returned from London as she attended London Fashion Week. So you're going to see this tied to the next character, played by Tom Ainsley, who is going to play Charlie, who is an aspiring model. Charlie fell in love with Valentina at London Fashion Week and then followed her to New York. So we're going to have some ties between those two characters. Tian Tran is going to play Ellen, who is Jesse's adopted sister who just moved to New York after separating from her wife. Then we also have Saro Sharma, who I'm very familiar with from God Friended Me. He was so good on that show. So I'm really pumped to see him moving over here to be on this show. He's going to play Sid. That is Jesse's roommate and best friend. He is also the new bar owner, and he is described as the optimist to Jesse Cynic. So, very pumped to see him in this. And another side note, if you've never watched God Friended Me that aired on CBS, you really need... It, it ran two seasons and then, unfortunately, was canceled uh, like a year or two ago. Probably a year ago. I don't know. It's last couple years, anyway, the show ran, and... It feels like it's been gone for so long, it's kind of messing up my time frame on how long that show's been gone. But if you just want a show that just makes you feel good and just inspiring and just such a feel-good show, watch God Friended Me. It's It was a CBS show. I don't know if it's up on Paramount Plus or not. I'm not sure. I don't know where it might be streaming, but... Check it out and look around. Look around on your streaming services and hopefully you can find it and check it out because I loved that show so much and was just so sad and disappointed when it was canceled. So the Super Nintendo celebrated its 30th anniversary this week. Of course, it was released in 1991. 49.1 million units of the Super Nintendo have been sold in its lifetime. Some other stats on it. It is the 8th 
best-selling console of Nintendo of all time from the, all the Nintendo consoles. And it, of course, outsold the Sega Genesis back in the day by about 20 million units. So, of course, Sega and Super Nintendo were the big competition consoles at the time. Yeah, Super Nintendo, it's, I had one myself. It was one of those deals to where, and I still regret it at this point, because it was, you know, it's it's one of those things where everybody had the Nintendo, and then the Super Nintendo came out. It's like, oh, I have to have the Super Nintendo. It's like new games, and it looks better, and blah, 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 blah. You know, so, but... So one of those deals, I'm sure I'm not the only one that had this, where it's like your parents are like, okay, well, if you want the Super Nintendo, you know, you're going to have to, you know, do something to where you can buy the Super Nintendo or whatever, or sell your Nintendo to get the Super Nintendo, which is what I did. I remember I sold my NES to get money to buy the Super Nintendo, which I still regret not having my NES. That's really frustrating that I don't have my original Nintendo, but I sold it to get a Super Nintendo back in the day as a kid. So but I wish I still had both. I still actually have my Super Nintendo and still works the last time that I saw it. And Super Nintendo was just awesome. If you want to still like play some, if you don't have a Super Nintendo, but you want to play some like Super Nintendo games, check out Nintendo Switch Online. They have a ton. It's a subscription service. It's really cheap. I mean, I forget what it costs for the year. Is it $20, $19.99 for a year? I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Because whatever it was, I thought, I'm going to get my $20 worth or whatever the cost is to just play even a few games a year. You know, you're going to get your money's worth out of that and they have a lot of super nintendo games up there to play that are just available just to in the library in their digital library that they've got there they've got super nintendo games regular nintendo games different other things as well so definitely check out nintendo switch online that is their subscription service to where you can play some old games and newer games so some of my favorite games from the Super Nintendo, uh, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. That might be my favorite Super Nintendo game of all time. It's definitely my favorite Legend of Zelda game of all time. That was a really fun game to play. And it was a game that I never did beat, actually, because it was. I got to a point where I even had the strategy guide. And I just finally got to a point to where it's like I couldn't teleport to the right place. Or I was just doing something wrong and I never finished the game, which is something I'd prefer to kind of go back and maybe get on this Nintendo Switch online and <laughs> try to beat that game. But it was a really fun game at the time. And it's I've seen just how popular it still is among fans. And they even did a game lately they put out a new game that was based on the whole look of A Link to the Past, which tells you just how popular that game was at the time and still is to this day. Super Mario World, you know, of course you can't go wrong with anything Super Mario, especially Super Nintendo. That was right out of the gate with Super Nintendo. Fun game there. Super Metroid, 
Of course, I love the original Metroid. I loved Super Metroid. I played that game a ton. That was around the time to where I had both those games of A Link to the Past and Super Metroid, and I just rotated between them trying to trying to get as far as I could in those games. But yeah, those were awesomes. Awesome. Can't even talk. <laughs> I'm trying to put an S on awesome. So NBA, the NBA fan in me loved Bulls versus Blazers in the NBA playoffs. That at the time was the coolest NBA basketball game we had seen as far as that series. Because we had Bulls versus Lakers had come out on the Sega Genesis. And that really was the game that got me over to the Sega Genesis originally because I... You know, because the games, the games at the time that were NBA related were just really not very good and looked bad. And the Bulls versus Lakers game was the first time to where it looked good. And it just felt like the most authentic NBA basketball game that we had seen to that point. And then, of course, Bulls versus Blazers was the sequel game the second one off of that series, and they released it on, I believe it was on Sega as well, but then Super Nintendo had popped up in that time, so it was also released on Super Nintendo. It was just amazing, and sticking with that theme, NBA Live 95, holy cow, I spent so much time playing that game and uh, running with those uh, Scottie Pippen Chicago Bulls on that game. And I was always trying to get the triple-double. I always tried to get Pippen the triple-double and wanted to average the triple-double. So NBA Live 95, that was just, that was a really fun game. That was next level too, to where we went up from the previous series and the live series just took it and ran from there. Uh, WWF Royal Rumble. This was a game me and my friends played so much. And this might, up till that point, that was probably the best wrestling game as far as that had been released on console. I'm trying to think of any others. I mean, the original WrestleMania game on the NES was really cool, but it was very limited. You know, I mean, this WWF Royal Rumble game just was so fun and you could just have so much fun playing against your friends and it was super competitive and it was just, it was really good. I really enjoyed that game a lot. I think it was released in 93. If I remember right, I believe it was 93 when that game was released. So that was a lot of fun, but yeah, that was definitely to that point, except for WrestleFest. WrestleFest was released in the arcades at the time. Uh, well, years before that. Well, not much longer before that, actually. It's around the same time, maybe a couple more years earlier. But WrestleFest is still, I think, one of the best wrestling games of all time. And that was released in on the arcades, where you could go play it in the arcades and all. But WWF Royal Rumble for the Super Nintendo was really awesome. And of course, you have to talk about Super Mario Kart. I mean, that launched a brand new legacy of Super Mario games. Everybody was glued and hooked Super Mario Kart. It was fun. You could have so much fun playing against your friends. And it just very well done game. And of course that thing has just... 
expanded so much over the time where we've got the latest one that I've played on Nintendo Switch that's just so much fun. You can play online and it's just amazing how far that Super Mario Kart series has went. A game that I wasn't really into, but a lot of my games, a lot of my friends were completely addicted to was Star Fox. I had so many friends that we would go to the local uh, video store where they had videos and uh, video games, had both, and we'd be trying to figure out a game to rent. I cannot tell you how many times, you know, I'd rent the game I wanted to play or whatever, and then my other friend or friends, whichever, uh, would come home with Star Fox. You know, they'd be staying the night over to hang out and play video games or whatever, and they'd rent Star Fox, and they would play that thing all night. They were just glued to it, and it was a cool game. It just wasn't a game that I was really into myself, but people just loved that game. It was so popular. I enjoyed it, though, and I enjoyed watching them play. So that was really, really cool. Super Punch-Out!, that's still a game. I've played that within the last year. I've played that game. Of course, that was the next version of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And Super Punch-Out, just a lot of fun. It's still a fun game to play to this day. So, yeah, 30 years Super Nintendo has been released. That is definitely a system that has been a big part of video game history. So, moving on to the next thing. This is something that I'm not sure a lot of people know about. And that's NBA Top Shot. They had a humongous record sale. I'm going to try to explain NBA Top Shot to you first on what it is. So, imagine it basically is like digital sports cards to where... You know, like with sports cards, you buy packs and you open packs and you get these cards. Here's, you know, here's a Steph Curry. Here's a Kevin Durant. Here's a Damian Lillard. You know, it's that kind of a thing. And then, of course, different value. You get some that are numbered and things like that. So, but with cards, you get like a picture. You know, it's pictures of your favorite players and different poses and dunks and stuff like that. So now Top Shot is basically the same the same kind of deal, but when you open packs, you get what's called moments. They call them moments. So you'll get a pack and you get, you know, like a common pack is you get 3 moments in a pack. So you'll open it and it's like, "Oh, here's a Damian Lillard." that, you know, is numbered, like say there's, uh, like the commons here lately have been like there's 35,000 made of a common, or 40,000, they up some of them to 40,000, and it's going to be a moment to where it's a highlight, it's actually, it's a video, basically, so you open up your pack, and it's basically like if a sports card came to life, to where you're seeing that particular highlight, you're watching this player of whose moment this is, like Dunk or something, or maybe it's like a big special moment that happened in their career this season, you know, or something like that. So you can buy packs, and you also have 
different levels of rarity where you've got some where they call them legendary moments to where there's like 50 of them or 25 or 49. I think, I don't know if there's 50. I think there's actually like 49 or instead of 50, but you get what I'm saying. There's like a low count or like there's a thousand of them, for example, or something like that. And then you've got commons just like you would. And just think of that as like inserts, like with how you would have sports cards. You'd have like a legendary where they're limited number. It's like you open up a pack of sports cards and you pull an insert to where there's only so many of them and they're harder to pull. So you have that and you've got different levels of rarity. You have your commons to where they're easier to pull. They're not as valued as much. But here's what happened with the big sale that they had this week. NBA Top Shot had their highest sale of all time. A LeBron James NBA Finals, 2020 NBA Finals, legendary moment, sold for $230,000.23. Yeah. A digital, basically a little digital card moment, NFT, whatever you want to call it, sold for $230,000.23. There was only there's only 79 of them out there on Top Shot. This was numbered number 23 out of 79. So why did that sell so high? Because if you look, if you look on their site, you're gonna see that, you know, it's like, well, you can get one way cheaper. Here's how Top Shot works. 23 out of 79. What's LeBron James number? 23 that makes that more collectible and that's that's true in the sports card market too if you pull like a card that's numbered with a player's jersey number that matches the card number that's going to increase the value on it make it a little more valuable in this case it was a lot more valuable um but the previous record for an nba top shot sale was back in March where a LeBron sold for $210,000. And that was a from the top legendary moment that was numbered out of 59 and it was numbered 12 out of 59. So that actually sold for $210,000, which is just insane. You know, it's like I've gotten into NBA Top Shot. I really enjoy it. It's something that I have a lot of fun doing. Because it, but it's some, I'm also somebody that, really enjoys like card collecting and that's something I've always enjoyed since I was a kid. So this is something uh at first I was very cuz I heard about Top Shot. I heard about it late last year and I heard what it was and I was like I don't get it. I don't I don't see I don't see the I don't see the excitement in this. I don't understand why people are interested in this. And just kind of wrote it off like yeah and then at the beginning of this year, the Top Shot market exploded because I would see people talking about it and the market just exploded and the value went up and people were just making insane amounts of money on Top Shot. And the market just flooded with people coming in to where at the beginning of Top Shot, you could get packs pretty easily. You could buy a pack for like $9 or something. And you could pretty well, from what I understand, you could just buy packs anytime you wanted them. Just They just have them up there and you go and buy them. And the thing was, there wasn't as many people in, like, in Top Shot at the time. 
when I jumped in, I think I jumped in about March. I think I jumped in like right after the boom to where when I heard about all this going on, I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to check this out and see what's going on because there's clearly money to be made here and it seems like it's pretty fun. And I jumped in and the market was kind of dipping at the time when I jumped in. And actually when I jumped in, they were getting so overwhelmed that for a while they weren't even accepting new people because they were so slammed. And they actually had to do the pack drops different to where you couldn't do what you could previously, which is just buy packs anytime you wanted. You had to jump in and then like now they still have it this way where you'll join where they'll have a pack drop and you join in on the queue and it's like, okay, we've got say we've got 80,000 packs for this pack drop and you jump in and you, you join into the line. And then when they go on sale, you see where you are in line. And if you're in the first 80,000, or even if you're a little after 80,000, because some people will jump out if they don't think they're going to get it or they, or if the wait's too long, then, you know, you'll get it. But if you, if you're like, you know, 120,000 in line, it's, you know, it's like, get out. You're not going to get a, (laughs) you're not going to get a pack. But the Top Shot got so popular back in the spring that it became really hard to get packs and they had to because they were getting so overwhelmed they had to put in these new ways of buying packs and I've thought over and over man I really wish I'd gotten in this from the beginning because man if you jumped in on that series one because they're in series two right now and series two just ended with the NBA playoffs and are getting ready to start uh, series three for the next season of uh, the NBA, but it's something really fun and it's something I've really enjoyed, but you just, you have to watch the market a lot and it fluctuates and it had really dipped in the last couple of months to where people were thinking this thing may be kind of getting ready to fade off. And, but I think, I really feel like they flooded the market because they were doing so many pack releases that I feel like they flooded the market with too many moments. And I think it brought the value of the moments down and it just brought the whole market down. But here in the last week, uh, the market is really starting to bounce back up pretty significantly. Like, And you see it right here with what's sold, but it's something fun and it's, you know, you look around and, of course, everything's stored on the site. You know, you buy a moment and your collection is all stored on the site because it's all digital. You just have your collection and you collect your players who you like, just like sports cards. You know, you just, do you want to get like maybe something that's really rare of a player you like or you just want to get some commons? They have challenges to where they'll say, collect this many of these players or this team or whatever And if you complete the challenge, they'll give you a special limited edition moment of something. You know, it's, they just, they have a lot of different ways to uh, try to get people interested and continue to try to get people buying, selling, and just keep the interest in Top Shot. And of course, I think probably like maybe the most rare one I've got is a Jaw Morant uh, limited, maybe out of like 5,000 or something. I don't know. I think that's probably the most 
I don't have anything rare. I wish I had something rare like the LeBron, but I don't. I don't have anywhere even near that. I'm I'm down the floor <laughs> level. So maybe one day, maybe one day. But NBA Top Shot, it's it's a lot of fun. It's just something. It's it's one of those deals to where it there's not much in between. People really hate it or they really love it. There's not much in between. The people that hate it don't get it. They don't understand it. But if you know just how big NFTs are anymore and you see just the crazy amounts of money and interest that there are in NFTs, then you'll understand this NBA top shot. And one thing, too, is that the NBA is really yet to even market this. So the only way to even really know about NBA top shot is if you've just kind of heard it through word of mouth. And there are some NBA players that have gotten involved. You'll see them pop up on live chats when they do pack releases and stuff. And they're in it and they collect and stuff like that. So it's really just basically sports cards in digital form. That's the best way to describe it. And you're going to have numbered moments to where, uh, you know, some are harder to get than others. It's just like sports cards. It's just a digital version of sports cards. And it's something just, it's something fun. And I've enjoyed it. I love opening the packs and seeing what I can pull out of there. And, you know, you watch the market just like anybody else and try to, you know, if there's a moment or a player that you collect, you're watching, hoping it'll dip, you know, and try to find a floor on it. And then you buy it and kind of and see if it increases value, you know. So tomorrow, NBA Top Shot is going to release the WNBA first first kind of moments that they've put out for the WNBA. So this is a big deal here. They're going to do a pack drop tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to jump in and try to get me a pack. We'll see if it happens or not. I'm curious to see how much, uh, see how many people line up for it, if it's a big attention getter or not. Hopefully it is. I also want a pack. So maybe I can get in there and get an early, early number and try to get myself in there. Because I think, I think that could be really collectible to jump in for the first WNBA moments that NBA Top Shot releases. Because I think that's really cool that they're doing that for the WNBA. And they're going to do a 25th anniversary of the WNBA. They're going to do some moments with that. So... And there had been rumblings that they were wanting to do something with the WNBA. So that's really cool and very deserving. And I'm really pumped that there's going to be some WNBA moments in here. And I'd love to try to collect some of those to where it's going to be the first moments of some of these WNBA players. So I'm curious to see the lineup on who all they have. I'm hearing that they're supposed to have, I think, players from every WNBA team. So I don't know how many total there's going to be, but every WNBA team is supposed to be represented with players. So yeah, it's uh, nbatopshot.com is uh, where you can check that out. Let me make sure I've got that address right because I want to make sure I send you all. Yep, nbatopshot.com. It's uh, just fun. You know, it's and like I said, some people are going to get it and some people are just going to look at this and go, what is this and why do you care? <laughs> it, there's not much in between and that's that's been the back and forth with it ever since. But the fact that they sold a moment, that that a user on here sold a moment for $230,000 is insane. 
It's like if you can pull, it's just like a sports card. If you can pull a rare card, it's, you know, it's going to sell for an insane amount of money. It's just, it's crazy. And yeah, it's, it's fun though. Check it out though. NBATopshot.com and just give it a look. See what you think about it. So let's talk the week of Big Brother 23. Sarah Beth. Boy, Sarah Beth has had had a week as uh, HOH. But And one thing that she said from the beginning was, I'm the first female HOH of the season. It's like, yeah, and you're, it's actually Kylan's HOH because he's going to run your HOH week and you're going to let him do it. And you had you did nothing is <laughs> pretty much that's pretty much it it's it's been it's been a frustrating week especially with, from all of us that were just very fatigued from last week's Kyland HOH and i said as the as the HOH yeah as the HOH competition ended last week i said on this podcast oh i'm afraid this is going to be another Kyland HOH and Wondering if Sarah Beth would run her own HOH week or if she would let Kylan basically run it. And she let him run it. And, of course, she doesn't realize that he was running it, but he was running it. So, let's get into the week. Let's just talk about it from start to finish. So, of course, with Sarah Beth winning, Kylan's plan on protecting the cookout from Sarah Beth. He pushes Derek X and Claire to her as the first suggestions on who to put on who for her to put up for nominations and of course Aza a lot of tears for Brittany as as she's still reeling off of Brittany's eviction last week so Tiffany and Aza are going to talk of how frustrated they are with Sarah Beth winning HOH of course and Big D and Xavier are going to talk about Derek X, how he almost won, and just you know how quickly that could have went different for them if uh, Derek X would have gotten in power, and just wondering what he would have done if he had won HOH. So Derek X, he is feeling unsafe here since he put up Sarah Beth, of course, on his HOH. And Big D and Tiffany talk, and they're trying to... Well, this is actually a clip. What's kind of funny about this clip that they showed on the show is this actually happened last week before Brittany got evicted to where Big D and Tiffany, they have not... They've been clashing since the whole incident upstairs to where Tiffany was trying to flip the vote uh, the week with, uh, with Christian to where she was trying to get the vote flip and she was trying to talk to Brittany and, uh, the other jokers, which was big D and Ozza went up there with her to where they wouldn't allow Tiffany to talk to her alone. And so big D's trying to clear the air here with her. And Tiffany's like, Tiffany says, you came up and checked me with Brittany so we are clearly on different pages here on how this all played out. And they clash in the storage room here and they're talking. And Tiffany just was not having all this that Big D was saying and not uh, 
not appreciating a lot of her, a lot of his commentary on what all was going on. And Big D apologizes and she says, don't apologize unless you mean it, <laughs> which she was not having the apology. So we just had a very different like clash here of how that situation played out upstairs because Tiffany's been mad about it ever since that they came up there with Brittany and kind of confronted her on this and she's never forgotten it. Now, one thing that they did not show on the show was that there was a group outside the storage room listening at this point when this, when this was going on. And of course they're talking about cookout business. They're talking about like their Alliance stuff. And so Claire and DX, Derek X, they were actually outside the storage room listening to this conversation. And Hannah, I believe she knew that they were in there and she ran up because they were just kind of listening and eavesdropping and uh, kind of being silly at the same time. And Hannah ran up and she hit the storage room button to where when you hit that button, it, you know, it kind of opens the door up there and it scattered them and they all, they all ran. But if Hannah hadn't done that, uh, they probably would have learned about the cookout because Claire and Derek X have been very close at times about figuring out this cookout alliance that it exists, but they, they at least know they've got things in her, in their head that, there's there's a bigger alliance here and they it's like they keep putting these little things together but they've yet to figure it out completely and so this would have been a huge moment if Hannah hadn't broke this up they might have learned all about the cookout and that thing might have gotten exposed so that was a big play by Hannah right there <laughs> so we go to Sarah Beth and Kylan talking, and of course, Sarah Beth's pondering on who she trusts more between Derek X or Alyssa, and she's unsure of like of her spot with Xavier and Alyssa because she's felt at the bottom of the team. She's felt at the bottom of that, you know, four-person team as it went along. Of course, Christian's gone, but we've got Xavier, and and they're not playing in teams anymore. But they still a lot of these teams have stuck together. And they've stayed aligned, a lot of them. So, Kylan says, you know, the priority is this week, get the power to be used and get the BB Bucks money spent. So, and then Sarah Beth is very clear that she wants the roulette power used and flush that power out this week and, you know, make that thing happen. So, Sarah Beth and Alyssa talk, and Alyssa, she's on board she wants the power to be used to she says that she will play for the roulette if she has enough money and wants to do it to gain trust with Sarah Beth so Derek X says he would play but he would rather save the money for the big coin next week which is going to be the big deal that's going to be the big dog on a power play in this game so he's wanting to save his money for next week. Now, Big D, he's hiding that he still has all this money. And everybody, he thinks he's very slick that he, nobody knows I've got all this money. Nobody knows I've got all these big, these BB bucks. 
they all know. The whole house knows that he has these BB bucks. So he's he's like laughing in the DR on the show. Like, they all think I'm, I've got them all played. So you don't have any of them played. And actually, they played a montage at one point this week where they're just like, come on, Big D. <laughs> we'll get to that. So Derek X, Claire, and Tiffany, they all talk. Claire, Claire says she would target Xavier next week. So that would be who she would want to target. So when Tiffany leaves, she leaves the conversation, they notice how Derek X and Claire notice how wide-eyed that she got when she mentioned that she would target Xavier next week. Because again, cookout alliance, Tiffany and Xavier are in that. So Tiffany can't be having that. She's she's not for that. She's not for that, obviously. She's wanting to save her alliance members. So we uh so they're definitely they're so close to figuring it out, but they just can't figure it out. It's like they've got the puzzle pieces, but they can't figure that out that there's a six person cookout alliance here. So now Kyland is going to he's gonna start working on Sarah Beth here to switch the target. So he tells her, says, you know, Xavier won't come after you. Kylan's pushing Derek X. And Sarah Beth wants him off initially, off the block, and then to backdoor Derek X. That's her plan. And then uh, saying, you know, you can't go after your target till after the roulette because the roulette is such a wild card thing that's going to be going on. So... There's a lot of times this week to where Sarah Beth has had plans and she would talk about things that she'd want to do. And then Kylan would talk, come in and they'd talk for like three hours. And then every hour he'd make progress. And by like the third hour, uh, Sarah Beth was doing exactly what Kylan was wanting done. So, yeah. So the nominations for... Her original nominations from Sarah Beth are Claire and Big D. The same nominations that Kylan had last week. Same ones. But again, Sarah Beth is saying these are really not her targets. Derek X is more of the target. So Tiffany is frustrated because she's unable to help Claire. She'd love to do something with the BB Bucks to get her off the block. Now, Hannah feels like Derek X might be the target. She's she's not feeling good about this. So now we're going to get to the BB Bucks. That's the high rollers room. This is going to be the chopping block roulette wheel. So the deal with this is that the winner of this black chopping block roulette wheel, if I can read my notes right here, the winner of that is going to remove someone from the block and then they would spin the wheel for a replacement on this. So, but you've got to have so many bucks to play. You have to have 125 to play. So again, viewers at home are voting to send various amounts of BB bucks to their favorites. The voting's going on. Top three are going to get 100 Middle three are going to get 75. Bottom three are going to get 50. So Claire is going to get 100, but she doesn't have enough to play, so she's not even an option here. So Claire, top three. Aza, she's going to get 50. She doesn't have enough to play. She's only got 100 total here. 
Hannah gets 75. That moves her up to 150, but she's not going to play. She wants to keep the money and save it. Xavier gets 75. That moves him up to 150. He's going to save for next week. Sarah Beth gets 50. Sarah Beth not popular. <laughs> so she has not even close to enough here. Tiffany gets 50. That moves her up to 75. Not enough to play. Alyssa, 75. Moves her up to 125. She's going to play. She is going to play this. So the competition here for the roulette is going to be that you're going to stand in the middle of this roulette wheel and you're going to, you've got a ball that goes around the edges and you're going to stand in the middle and basically like balance that thing around and try to get that thing to spin as many times as it can in two minutes without the ball falling out. If the ball falls off, then you've just got, you know, whatever a number that you've had, but you've got two minutes to get it to spin around as many times as you can. So she ends up with 19, falls off. She didn't make it the two minutes. She got to 19 and the ball fell off. So she's got 19. So back to the BB Bucks. Kylan gets 50. Not doing, He can't do anything with that. Big D... He gets 100. He's in the top three again. That moves him up to 150. He's not playing. He's saving. Derek X, 100. Top three once again. And that's going to move him up to 200. This is a big moment. He tries to figure out what to do with this. Now again, Sarah Beth is talking that Derek X is her backdoor target. So he could play the roulette wheel and... Fix, fix things, you know, do something different here. And he decides no, and he's going to save it for next week because he feels safe. Oh, me. It's, oh, it's rough watching that. Because, oh, oh, it's rough. Cause the, and especially when the fans are, like, sending this to him, basically, like, telling him, please play. You're in trouble. We need you to protect yourself. So, but he's he's wanting to save for next week. So, that gets us to the results here. Alyssa was the only player that played for the roulette. So, she is safe for the week. So, again, Derek X could have competed in this, and he would have been safe for the week. And then he, would, of course, would have had to uh, use the roulette wheel. So, but Alyssa does. Alyssa is a winner. So, she has to pick a nominee to take down which she takes Big D down. And then she has to spin the spin the roulette wheel, and it's going to land on somebody completely random. And that person will go up as the replacement for Xavier. So Xavier was the last person she wanted it to land on because that's her main ally in the house now. And it landed on Xavier. And Xavier was the replacement nominee for Big D. And he's up there against Claire. And, <clears throat> of course, Alyssa is just full tears. And even when she spun the wheel, she, she walked off and put, her, put like her face in her hands, like where she couldn't even watch to see how this is going to play out. And, of course, Alyssa is just heartbroken over this because she's like, you know, this just happened. And, of course, at this point, we get this one moment in the in the episode to where Sarah Beth talks into the camera. She's like, sorry, America, I'm sending your boy home. Talking about Derek X. 
Later, Sarah Beth is going to complain about that she's not getting any BB bucks, that America won't give her any BB bucks. Well, Sarah Beth, you're targeting who's probably America's favorite, so they're probably not going to give you any BB bucks. So we get back to Alyssa, and of course, Xavier is consoling her, and Alyssa just feels awful. She's just heartbroken and so sad, and Xavier's just. He's almost laughing about it. He's even like laughing, you know, like patting on her. He's like, it's okay. It's like, it's, it was a random wheel. It's like, it's, it's fine. It's okay. She's like, no, I can't believe I did this to you. He's like, it was completely random. He's like, you didn't do this to me. You spun a wheel and it landed on my name. It's like, what are you going to do? It's like, you know, the risk, it's fine. It's, it's going to be okay. So Derek X again, He's talking about, you know, that he saved the money and he's trusting Sarah Beth. And this is not good for Derek X. So Sarah Beth says, she talks to Claire and she tells her, I don't want you to go home. And Claire is trying to figure out who Sarah Beth's target is. Where she's like, okay, well, he doesn't want, she doesn't want me going home, but who's she after? So... One thing that I'm really glad here, because next we're going to see Derek X and Claire talk, and I actually watched this on the feeds, and they established this on the, sh on the show to where you just hear this hammering going on in the background, and we're trying to listen to this Derek X and Claire conversation here, and there is just this hammering going on in the background, which I thought, is somebody making food in the kitchen or something, and they're hammering on something? And it's funny because on the show, that's the first thing they show is Big D is in there hammering in the kitchen, uh, making something. And so when they showed that, it was like, oh, okay, now we know what all this crazy hammering was. Because I thought, man, I feel really bad for anybody that has headsets on at their computer and they're listening to the feeds and they're just got this brutal hammering in their ears i thought i feel so bad because it was brutal enough just with my tv on i was like stop hammering <laughs> whoever that is stop doing what you're doing <laughs> so because we're trying to figure out what derek x and claire are talking about and claire tells derek x i think sarah beth's coming for us and i think she's coming for you especially and, of course, Derek X is nervous now, like, oh, I, sh I should have played the roulette comp. I messed up. I should have done it. So Tiffany joins in and gets the talk from them that they think Derek X, Derek X is going up. And so this is something that, obviously, Tiffany's not for because these are her two biggest allies here, especially Derek X. She's, she's a big Derek X fan. So she's not for this. And you're going to see Tiffany for the rest of the week just trying to flip something, you know, in, in the favor of away from Derek X. Sarah Beth's going to tell Alyssa that Derek X is the target. Sarah Beth, I think I said that right. Sarah Beth is going to tell Alyssa that Derek X is the target. And of course, Sarah, or of course Alyssa, super excited about this. Because she's all here for the revenge on Christian. Because Derek X was the one that took Christian out with the back door a couple weeks ago. So 
Alyssa's all here for this, and she's she's actually like, I want I want to win the veto and to take part in it, you know, and be a part in Christian's revenge. So Derek X is going to talk to Sarah Beth to try to find out who her target is. Sarah Beth, super quiet in this conversation up in the HOH room, and she is not giving him anything. And Derek X, you know, he says, you know, I need to play in the veto. And he's very well aware that Sarah Beth's not giving me anything here in this conversation. So Hannah tells Derek X, you know, if the veto gets played, he is probably going to go up. And Hannah's in the DR. And of course, this is something I didn't talk about earlier, but when Derek X was contemplating on whether to play in the roulette, Hannah was really working on him, telling him she didn't think he ought to play and he ought to save. And so now Hannah's in the DR and she's saying, you know, she feels so bad talking him into not playing the roulette and she's wanting to do what she can to keep him off the block, which is not what happened in on the feeds. Hannah was really working against Derek X a lot this week. I'm going to get to that later on. She, uh, I mean, it wasn't like she was like leading the brigade against him, but she was shutting a lot of, well, let's go ahead and talk about it now. She, Hannah was very key on anytime the talk of conversations that she was in talked to where, well, maybe we ought to keep Derek X and go the other direction. Hannah would always shut that down and send the target back to Derek X multiple times this week. And they didn't really show that on the show, but Hannah was very consistent that Derek X staying here just isn't good for my game. And I really need him out of the house, which I don't really understand because it's like, you know, it's like you're his biggest ally, you know, it's like he's going to work with you. So... Hannah really had a lot of play in Derek X not being very safe this week because there was a lot of opportunities where things were trying to sway the other direction and Hannah would shut it down and send it back toward Derek X. It was, I don't know, it was frustrating to watch. And I'm a Hannah fan. I was like, what are you doing, girl? So let's get to the veto. The veto players are picked again. The HOH plays and the two nominees, and then they draw names out of the hat to determine who the other people are that are going to play. Sarah Beth, Sarah Beth picks Aza. I cannot talk. Claire picks Big D, and then Xavier picks Alyssa. This is a big moment. Derek X has no chance at veto now. He needed his name drawn to try to win veto. He can't compete. This means there's no way for Derek X to be safe this week. And when of course the feeds always go down because we don't see we don't see the players picked. The feeds will come back and we're trying to figure out who was picked, who was picked to play. And the the Big Brother community was very, it was a very somber moment when the feeds came back and we saw that Derek X hadn't been picked. And it was like, oh no, he's going to go home. He's done. And 
So Claire, she's in tears in the DR to where she's she's not wanting DX or her to go home. She's just sad at either possibility. So the veto competition is a deal to where it's a competition where you're going to set up dominoes and you're going to try to send them different ways to where they're going to connect with a button. And you have different ways to where you can go across the yard to where you've got to build a chain to go for the veto, but it also brings punishments or you can go for prizes on your the way you're going to try to get these dominoes over there to hit that button, and you've got to do it in the quickest time possible. Aza here, she talks to the DR. She's like, I want to win, and I want to pull my middle school crush, Xavier, off the block. And that's what I thought when this aired. I was, I thought... Do the TV onlys, is this really the thing that they know Aza for the most? Is that she just keeps talking about her middle school crush, Xavier? <laughs> that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I don't really think the TV onlys really have another like perspective of Aza in on the show. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking. So Sarah Beth, she says she obviously wants to win and get control back of her HOH, which I thought was a hilarious line where I'm like, girl, you've never had control of your HOH. <laughs> and one thing we get here is that clearly the show is just full done with her with like, they're just going to edit her. They gave her the villain edit to where right after this, she says, uh, I don't even care about the BB Bucks because America never gives them to me anyway. So America can wipe their <laughs> with their BB Bucks. I was like, holy cow. Big Brother is just leaning straight in to the villain edit on Sarah Beth here. It's like, holy cow. Like they are not even going to try to go a different route with this thing. So we get to the results. Uh, we had one person that went for the prizes for, that was 16 minutes and 29 seconds, which was a reward of 100 BB bucks and $7,500 cash. It was Big D. Of course, they don't say who it was, but then they roll a montage of everybody saying, yeah, it was Big D. They're like, what are you doing, Big D? Like, seriously, what are you doing? Xavier's response was, <laughs> I loved his DR where he was like leaned over. He's like, Big D, really? Come on. Come on, man. What are you doing? So the veto winner in three minutes and five seconds was Xavier. That's insane. Three minutes and five seconds he did that in. But he also got a punishment along the way, which was one was the BB Bucks bankruptcy, which means it wipes his whole BB Bucks balance out. And... The strategy shutdown, which means he's going to be in solitary confinement for 24 hours, which keeps him completely out of any strategy talk in the game. Nobody can talk to him for 24 hours because he's in, he's in solitary confinement. And the next punishment is that no matter what, next week he is going to be a third nominee. On, well, for his next opportunity, he will be a third nominee, which would be next week. So, of course, we get more crying from Claire here to where she's just like, I can't believe it, I lost. And she's just just completely beating herself up here. And Derek X is just being awesome. And he's just smiling and trying to pep her up and encouraging her, saying, you're, 
you're going to be okay. You're safe. They're going to be coming after me. And she's like, well, that's why I'm sad that they're coming after you. And so just, I, did, I love that whole thing. And of course, Tiffany talks to Claire and she comes in, sees the tears and everything. She's trying to pump her up. And, and Claire's saying, I'll let you all down. And this is, tough, this is tough for Tiffany here because these are her allies outside of the cookout. And she's trying to figure out how she can go about doing something. So at this point in the episode, of course, I'm trying to recap the episodes here and then also throw in my live feeds thoughts as I go along the way. But we get a moment here to where we get a segment to where the house is going to make emergency kits for the American Red Cross. Just a really neat segment for a great cause that they do something kind of an extra thing for the episode where we get to see them doing that back to the game. Derek X pitches to Sarah Beth that he wants to work with her and he's trying to figure out what he can do. And he's saying, you know, if you don't put me up, I promise you safety for the next two to three weeks, you know, just whatever you need. He's just doing whatever he can to try to keep himself off the block. And we didn't get a lot of Kylan on this episode on the veto Wednesday episode to where he was always in Sarah Beth's ear on what she should do. And like I said, anytime anybody made any progress on Sarah Beth on that would kind of get her mind stirring on of like, well, maybe that would be better for me or something like that. Colin would come in, shut it down completely and talk her out of it and get, get her back on the path that he wanted her on with this HOH. So we get to the veto meeting no surprise, Xavier uses the veto on himself. Derek X goes up as the replacement from Sarah Beth, and of course, he's the target all along. And just a heartbreaking moment to close this episode where we see Derek X in the DR just full tears coming down his face, and he's saying, I'm sorry, America. You sent me the BB Bucks, and I let you down. You sent me that to try to keep me safe, and I didn't even play, and I... I messed up and I'm so sorry, America. And just, oh, it was sad. It was so, so sad. I, I love Derek X. That is just a good guy. He is just a good guy. So we get to tonight's episode. We get video of Hannah talking to Xavier saying that Tiffany and Ozza are wanting Derek X to stay. And of course, Xavier's not happy with this. He's like, what are we, what are you doing? Like, he, we just got Derek X, like, laid out to us here where we can take him out. What are we doing here? So, Xavier is going to try. He's like, okay, I got to go shut this down. I got to stop this talk of trying to flip the votes here. He goes and talks to Ozza, pretty well shuts that down. And he talks to Tiffany. And Tiffany, of course, she's talking. She's not happy about this. But if this is the unanimous of what the cookout wants to do, I'm going to go along with it. And as she finishes the talk, she talks to the camera. She's like, yeah, well, that conversation's over and that's done. But I'm not done finished with this with this game of trying to keep Derek X here. It's like that conversation may have ended, but I'm not done yet trying to make this thing, trying to make these votes flip. So Tiffany and Ozza talk on who will be the first to go out of the cookout. And Ozza says that everyone's going to want Kai out first. And Tiffany's pitching to Ozza that I think it should be women versus men. I think it should be me, you, and Hannah against Xavier, Kyland, 
in Big D. So at this moment in the episode, we didn't get much of this at all in the episode. We see Xavier's punishment to where he's got to do 24-hour solitary confinement. And on the feeds, this bothered us because he he was stuck 24 hours away. And one thing Xavier was very big on doing, he knew he was going in 24-hour uh, solitary confinement here. So he wanted to make sure this vote was locked before he went in because he didn't want to go in there. And then Tiffany and Aza, they try to get this vote flip going and he comes out and they flip the vote without him knowing. So he was very big on that. He wanted that. Us as live feeders, we saw that too. And we're like, this is when you've got to go. You've got to work on this. And make this happen. And of course, a lot of live feeders were annoyed when Big Brother started doing, running the the clues and everything up on the screen where it was like, basically, here's a preview of your HOH competition and start studying for it. And everybody's like, what are you doing? Like, this is like crucial time here. This is like the most popular house guest going right now. And you're but you're distracting them with this HOH competition studying, you know, when they could be trying to figure out a way to keep Derek X in the game. So, so that just, it didn't go anywhere, all that. And then with the solitary confinement, uh, Xavier is going to be in there until he's called his 24 hour solitary is going to end when he comes out to vote. So Derek X, he put in the effort. He did a lot of talks trying to figure out ways to stay in this game. We get to the actual live eviction with the vote. Derek X gives a really great speech. And one thing he mentions, that he says, there's somebody in this house that's playing the Cole Franzel game. And he's clearly referring to Sarah Beth. <laughs> and that got that definitely got attention for sure. Uh, that, that was a shot to where it's basically like, you know, you're letting other people run your game. I think it's really kind of what he was going for with the Nicole Franzel comment there. So that was, it was a really good speech overall, though. He had a really good speech. And so the voting itself, this was pretty funny too, because Xavier again gets cleared to vote and he... He's dressed up in his, uh, he's been doing like this, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like a, like he's been playing a character in the house where he uses like Oz's wig, and it's really funny, and he's done that off and on through, through the season, so he decides he's gonna put on like the full gear, and he's gonna walk out of the solitary, and, uh, and walk to vote, and walk by the house guest in that full character. Of course, they all loved it. They cheered. But one thing I really laughed at was Julie Chen gets annoyed with it. Well, not annoyed, but she's just like, okay, Xavier, we need you to hurry up. You know, because he's kind of, he's doing like the strut and everything. He's walking. But again, he's not walking. He's walking with a strut, but he's not walking off of a normal pace. In my mind, I'm thinking, Julie Chen and Big Brother, if you did not want him taking this long of a time to go vote, maybe you shouldn't have made solitary confinement 
in the furthest room upstairs away from the DR. Because <laughs> it's like, if you put him in solitary and then you're going to walk him down live as it happens, it's going to take him probably a good minute to get there. So, I mean, it's like, that was your lousy planning. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. It's like, of course, it's going to take him a long time to get there. So I thought that was silly to where they just kind of were cranky that it was taking him so long to get there. I'm like, well, of course, it's going to take him a long time to get there. He's in the furthest room away from the DR. Oh, my goodness. It was just silliness. Silliness, big brother. Come on, y'all. So the votes here to evict. And this is very strange with how this plays out because, man, if this vote could have been different possibly with how it voted. So the votes to evict Derek X are Alyssa, Big D, Tiffany, Ozza, and Xavier. The votes to evict Claire are Hannah and Kyland. Kyland. Sympathy votes. They sent some sympathy votes to Derek X. This is where you can get in trouble with sympathy votes. Because if the other people had stuck with their original plan, this vote could have swung different. Possibly. You know, if Tiffany and Ozza and... Ah, man. It could have been... A, this could have been... This could have been something here. You know, or at least made it more interesting anyway. But so Derek X gets evicted on a 5-2 to two vote. And just a really classy exit by him. Just really, really cool. And it, there was a moment with him and Hannah. Of course, they just had just the sweetest hug. It was just really awesome. And Derek X tells her, he said, you're, you're the best number two I could have asked for or something like that. And Hannah says, actually, I'm the worst number two you could have had. And it, it kind of felt like she was alluding to the fact that, yeah, probably when you get out of here or whatever, you're going you're gonna to know that I really wasn't working hard to keep you. Because again, Hannah, she was aligned with him, but she felt for her game that him going out was for the best. So anytime that the talk would turn from Tiffany and Ozza to try to flip this vote, Anytime it started to get any kind of attraction to it, Hannah would derail it and send it back the other way. So Hannah was very crucial in there not being a vote flip for Derek X this week. So I, I could see Derek X being hurt by this, you know, when he finds this out. I don't know. I, I think I could see him being hurt by this and... So yeah, it's just that was a bummer. But I loved I loved the goodbye moment with them. I just thought it was sweet. And so as far as the the interview, you know, with Julie Chen after uh, Derek X just talked about, you know, he said I was thinking long term game, and it was my short term game was the one that was at risk, and I messed up, you know, and said, thank you for voting for me, and I'm sorry if I let you down. And just a classy guy. And Derek X is going to be so loved when he gets out of that house and gets back out among among the public. You know, he is going to be, he's probably going to be America's favorite player this season. I just, I have no doubt about that. He is going to get the money for America's favorite player so let's move on to the HOH competition. This, again, they were studying. They were, last night, they were seeing these images on the memory wall that was BB NFTs 
again, we're back to NFTs, which was showing like some NFT moments and things that they had to study. And then they would get questions in this HOH competition about things that were involved with those BB NFTs. So competition again is questions on that. And round one, Claire, Aza, and Xavier are the first ones out. So that gets us to round two. Second question. We had a lot of changes going on here where it was uh, it was Big D and Hannah to where like final answer, lock your answers, and then they'd switch it. And then they'd switch it back. And Hannah and Big D were having a real tough time trying to decide to where Julie Chen was getting impatient. Like, we need you to lock your answers. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody like swaying so much and it worked for hannah because she was she was jumping around and it ended up she got the right answer and she was saved but one thing that was here uh kylan and big d were the only ones that were different from the others and i thought oh my goodness this is either about to be awesome that they're gonna go out here or it's gonna be really bad <laughs> so i was thinking for for what i was pulling for to happen in this hoh competition I was like, oh, this is either going to be really awesome that they're out or it's going to come down to Kylan and Big D and that's not good. And Kylan and Big D, you're out. So that gets us to third question. They were all right on that. Nobody eliminated. Question four, it's down to Alyssa, Hannah, and Tiffany. Alyssa and Hannah miss on question four. Tiffany is your new head of household. Really awesome. was pumped to see Tiffany win HOH. It's going to be really, really awesome to see what she does. And I think I know what she's going to do. One more thing to wrap up the episode. Uh, Julie Chen announced that after they uh, leave the HOH competition, there's a stack of envelopes that they should all grab an envelope on their way back into the house there are different BB bucks inside. Some are higher numbers, some are lower numbers. And you're going to pick up an envelope on the way and then you're going to open it secretly to see what you got out of there. So that's one thing there. And so with Tiffany winning HOH, so Sarah Beth here, she's in trouble. Row, row, row your boat gently to the block. You're in trouble and I'm happy waiting to see your shock. You're in trouble, girl. <laughs> Sarah Beth, you're in trouble, girl. Cause and that's the thing that like Sarah Beth has been just feeling so great this week and everything. And it's like, girl, there's a six-person alliance that you know nothing about, and they're taking you out. And she thinks she's in a really great position in this game. And it's like, you're not. You're next. Like, you're the next one out. Like, keeping Derek X actually would have been better for Sarah Beth's game, probably. I mean, it wouldn't have been any worse. That's for sure. But it's like, Sarah Beth, like, you got a six-person alliance that's next. And Kylan's pretty good on letting her go from everything we've seen. It's It doesn't seem like Kylan's really planning on putting up much of a fight for her. So, Sarah Beth... You're in trouble, girl. <laughs> You're in trouble. 
So I'm really expecting this week that Sarah Beth will be on the block. Because Tiffany, again, has had Sarah Beth locked for weeks now that she wanted Sarah Beth out. So the only thing that could throw something into this is the coin twist, which could really upend a lot here and could take away from Tiffany's HOH. So we're going to have to see how that plays, how the BB Bucks plays as far as the viewers. With I believe this is the last week to where the viewers are going to be voting for BB Bucks. And we're going to have to see how many BB Bucks that the house guests got in their envelopes. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. That is it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, God bless, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you.